This is Armchair Preaching, a podcast of the First Presbyterian Church in Lakeland, Florida. This is a podcast about God's Word, the beauty of the gospel, and what it takes to communicate that truth to others. I'm your host, Pastor Zach McGowan, and on today's episode, Pastor John and I talk about the year ahead, and we dig into our messages in the series called Parables. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to Armchair Preaching, the first episode of 2022. 2022 is here. We've been off since the week before Christmas. That that week, we did uh, the last series in our Advent series called Presence. And uh, John, welcome back. It's good to be back. Did you have it's a good, good New Year. Good. Yeah. Well, we had a we had a we had a great New Year. Uh, it's not our. I think you and I talked about this. It's not our big holiday. It's our holiday to go chill. Holiday so to go we chill. Had a, we had a meal with some some friends, and we came home and by ten o'clock, and that was that. Did and you Did you stay up? No, you did not. No. no. So uh, I think you, you and I did talk about this before. We had kids. We never stayed up. Uh, one time we went out to New York City, and that was crazy. Um, whole different story there. But then uh, uh, the last couple of years, my kids have wanted to stay up, and now they're old enough. And and last year, my daughter passed out long before the ball dropped. And uh, this year, it was the opposite. My son passed out, out on the couch because he was like, "No, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay up." But but Hanny was bopping around the house and then i passed out on the couch next to caleb and then hanny comes and kind of hey you know are you gonna watch the ball drop with me so um so you and you and hannah saw the ball drop and then i we got caleb up because he would have been really mad at us if we didn't uh no julie was julie was out julie was out of course then 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 all the fireworks go off and everybody's awake in in the neighborhood and uh when when it and we're pretty long suffering with that until about two o'clock in the morning when we can still hear parties going on. And we're like, yeah, no, that's too late. You guys had your chance. So, um, please quiet down. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it's, we're excited to be back 20, 2022 started a, a new series this week. And, and one of the things I think, um, would be really interesting. We, I don't know, this might be the first year you've been here since 2019. Yeah. came in the fall of, Late 2019, and then, and then we had the weird COVID year for 2020. Yeah, so this, and then 2021 was sort also of pa- patchy. Is like, what yeah. is this year going to be like? We kept waiting to see what it's going to be like. But I think this is the first year since you've been here. We've been able to map out an in, almost an entire year's worth yeah. of rough series. So I don't think people know what what senior pastors pastors try to tend to do is is to get an idea of where's the church headed from a preaching standpoint over the next 12 months. Yeah. Right. And you took some time to kind of get that, that mapped out. And we started a new series this week called parables. We'll get into that in just a moment. But Mm -hmm. as you're looking at the year ahead, uh, just wonder if you could preview what series are you, obviously we're always excited to preach. We're always excited to dig in the word of God, but is there one kind of series that you're looking at going, man, uh, I think that's going to be really powerful for people, especially yeah. now. Yeah. Well, I, I, and I'm glad you uh, you ask about that because it is part of what this this podcast is about. It's like what is, what is this art of preaching all about, and how do we think about things as, as as pastors? And and part of that is to do some some planning for the year ahead. And we are the kind of church not not every church is like ours, but we are the kind of church that thinks in terms of series. And if you've been around this church, you know that that's exactly what we do. There are other churches who do things differently. They they do in terms of this preset 
readings that have been published in a three-year cycle. Mm-hmm. It's called the lectionary, and uh, and that's great, and that's fine, and it's uh, it works for them. But we think in terms of series, and going into the year, you, that's that's usually a combination of things. Is where where have we been? Where what have we been talking about? What have we been dealing with? And what what seems like it is missing or would be good to build in to the uh, to the life of the church? So the, all those are kind of things that go into the thinking of what to, what's ahead. So and I have to tell you, and just to just just to run down a few things, we have a, a series coming up after this parable series, which you'll be hearing about over these weeks ahead. Uh, getting into the Lenten pre-Easter season, we're going to do a series on um, on just more inner life mm-hmm. and, and, and slowing down the pace of life. Uh, we're going to come out of that and deal – we're going to go into Holy Week, which is fabulous, and then we're going to go uh, from there to deal with um, how Christians handle and face fear, mm. fears of life, uh, mm-hmm. and actually – uh, we'll again. We'll get into that when we get to that. But there's a there's a fearlessness about us as Christians, yeah. and I was going to talk about why that should be and why that that is. But as we do, oftentimes we want to come back to a book of the Bible. Yeah. And so First Peter uh, was one. I think it might have been even in one of these podcasts, and or maybe in either something I referenced or you referenced in the sermon. It's like Peter. Yeah. When's the last time we have actually gone through? Uh, you know, initially it was First and Second Peter, but at least go through one of the writings of, uh, of Peter. So Peter's going to be th- uh, be there. We'll get into an Old Testament book as as well. But then in the fall, we're looking at this this uh, sort of historic cl- classic language about how we think through uh, the the progression of God's working with us that leads ultimately to glorification mm-hmm. in the future uh, at future so it's called the or- or- ordo salutis uh, big big the, churchy word right big there big churchy word right or, or there but it's phrase uh, really latin it's, phrase yeah but it's uh, it it just helps on it puts in relationship to each other concepts and ideas and teachings of the church like repentance and justification and sanctification and faith and and regeneration and all these concepts and even dive into predestination predestination is in there as well which is everybody says that's a presbyterian thing which it, which it is, uh, but you—it's a—it's a biblical thing. It's a God thing, so and you can't—you can't be a Christian and not come to terms with and have language around yeah. the subject of election and predestination. So we'll look at that, and then we'll end with this uh, idea on of, of what peace on earth. Uh, and then I know this came out of some of the things that were said this past Advent. That peace itself, the peace that is sung about, uh, actually has a very specific meaning, yeah. which may be very different than. Now that's the framework of the year. Yeah. Having now to answer your question is, what am I looking? forward to yeah i'm looking forward to the lenten series yeah i'm looking forward to that slowing down series we're in that series where we talk about i don't think that's going to be good for all of us Mm because it's been so crazy yeah and it's been so 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 stressful for so many people but the idea of of just learning to um to to savor um today a lot of people talk about this in terms of mindfulness yeah just to really just let that happen on the inside Mm -hmm. or or withdrawing and that's that silence and solitude um find the thrill of anticipating seal and i used to talk about how um how sunday and this came out of a book uh, called make sunday special making sunday special uh, that we read a long long time ago but yeah it used to be that sunday was the high point of the week and everybody would look forward to sunday so there's yeah. a lot of anticipation about being in worship uh, worshiping god being together in, as a community and mm-hmm. then coming out of that you look back to sunday for a few days and then you begin to shift and look ahead to the following sunday so it's this idea of anticipating yeah. on and on so all of those I, that that just seems like a very rich needed uh, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. see, and it's the perfect time of year to do that as we as we head towards this much more meditative, much more contemplative um, thinking about our faith that you get at Easter. So. Yeah, yeah, and and you know that when I when I was looking at the the set of series that we have, you know, the slowing down I think uh, resonates with a lot of us right now. Uh, espe- I mean, primarily we come out of Christmas and it is heavy, heavy activity it's yeah. heavy activity but but in truth the, tempta- the, the temptation is that you're always busy 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 you know yeah. it's just um don't just sit there do something kind of mentality and uh so that that resonated with me but but even as you were just talking the the the, the idea of fearlessness in our as as believers not just fearlessness in our faith but fearlessness as believers in all of life there, there's something very profound about that because Again, we we've been living in this time where either people have been afraid, they currently are afraid, or or, or others are telling you you should be afraid, mm-hmm. and so we and and there's a difference between caution and fear, right? And as believers, That's a good distinction, yeah. As believers, we're not called to be uncautious necessarily, um, although risk for the faith sometimes has to fly in the face of caution uh but we're never supposed to be afraid and so so i just i I look at that and i think um that's also going to be a super i think timely and uh, important series for for our for our community and for others too so just as i wanted just to kind of give people a little bit of a preview as they're looking forward to the coming year where, where we're oh, headed. I like it. I mean, I'm, you know? as I'm, again, just looking at big themes here. Obviously, we're in parables now, but the idea of slowing down and getting inward, Yeah. the idea of fearlessness, dealing with fears, mm-hmm. hope, really Peter, the whole theme of Peter is just this living hope we have in Christ, yeah. and then um, and then just salvation itself with yeah. the Ordo Salutis, and then peace. Yeah. That's it. Those are some Good topic, great Big topics, things. great topics. Yeah, for the next couple of years, and we're going to really dig into the scriptures on, on all these, and and that kind of leads us to this first kind of New Year's series, this idea of of parables, and and uh, we, you know, for me, it, you know, it's one of those, one of those things where, uh, when I was diving into the, just the idea of, you know. Whenever we start a new series, you know I've talked about this before. We've talked about this uh, in previous podcasts. Is the 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 first week in a series you set up the the series you set up the series you set up the why of the series and the importance of the series and and uh, when I looked at that I was just like man this is a I, I, you know and I I started off the the message you heard the approach from the whole New Year's idea you know if this is going to be a different year we're going to need Jesus <laughs> like really well, that, to inhabit that. Can I just that. say right away that, uh, and I didn't really catch the full weight of this. I heard you repeat the line from the, from the song yeah. that they were not, not I, but Christ in me, yeah. which is that great song that we, that we sing. Yeah. And I heard you repeat that and you were sort of engaging with it coming out of that song very yeah. naturally, but you actually wove that in, in yeah. multiple places then came back to it at the end. I said, Oh dude, he's, that's, that's great. He said, if it's going to be different, yeah. It's going to be different because that becomes a reality. Well, it was I interesting. This is this is one of those things, and, and I think in a future podcast, one of the things I'm, we're going to do is we're going to bring in some of our 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 musicians and some of our song leaders here to talk about this a little bit more because I think, and both of us have talked about this coming out of Advent, our appreciation of the music that goes into the the message, and I think our mentality is a lot more 
that that the a worship service or worship experience, however you want to call it, is a is a holistic moment of of faith uh, right. transformation, and and quite often. And I've even done this too. We, we look at the service. We look at services in segments, right? You have the you have the music time. You have the prayer time. You you might have responsive reading times, and you have the preaching time. And there's connection points there, but they're not integrated. They're not integrated. They're not as integrated as they could be. And for me, when I was prepping the message, I went back to the to the worship plan for this week. You know, which which are great are great and good um, new. Um, modern worship arts director had set up. Now we she was out of town this week, as a lot of people were. <laughs> out of town. It was, a, it was a thin week. It was a thin week. Uh, but I, I I began to look through those songs and go, wow, you know this really this really that song really sets up the series because we're wanting to dive in and inhabit the words and the message of Jesus. And as you put it in your message, because He's the only way that's going to lead us into righteousness so when you're looking at this at a parable for example do you approach just in general terms a parable differently than you approach a, either a different teaching of jesus or a different uh episode in the life of jesus or how do you how do you approach any parable um, uh when you're approaching uh, yeah. uh, the parable well, of first jesus of all, it was imp- i i really was was uh, eager to after all the things that we we talked through last year and we you know, preached through last year. I was I was eager to come back to uh, some you know, the direct words of Jesus. Yeah, that that was really if there's a motivation behind the series, it's like let's get us you know we we bring them up all the time. We will cross reference and we'll go into the Gospels all the time and cross reference what Jesus specifically had to say about various topics that Paul brings up or what you see in the Old Covenant. But to deal with words directly from Jesus. It just felt like the time was right yeah. to spend some time with it. Even though this was a shorter parable this particular week, yeah. it felt like the time was right. And and so, yes, uh, first off, it was, it was exciting to be back into the directly into the words of, of Jesus. But uh, I do I, I do think about um, the, 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 the genre, yeah. of the, uh, even the subgenre of a parable yeah. as part of the Gospels yeah. differently than I would think about the, uh, something out of the epistles, because you know, clearly Paul is writing to a particular audience in a particular mm. church most of the time in a particular church and has some uh, teaching or some correction that he needs to be taken care of, whereas Jesus, is uh, he's just – he's out – He's he's roaming roaming the land and he and he's teaching and you're really trying to track where he is yeah track where he is in the ministry as we as we both pointed out this time he's he's late in the, in the ministry not, yeah not days days from his own execution and you're trying to track where he is and just where 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 he is and why he is teaching what he is teaching and yeah. why what is coming up is coming up so it feels like you really do have a lot a lot more maybe some more of an intense focus when you're dealing with any time Jesus is speaking because yeah. you know you got to place him and you know you got to put that relative to beginning and ending points mm-hmm. for Jesus so so I do and, and obviously parables themselves become this genre yeah. um, because what is a parable mm-hmm. I, I tried to cover that in mind is like so just so that we know we are talking yeah. about this very specific thing here it's yeah. an unusual type of teaching that, that that is that Jesus it's not unusual for the time but it's it's we may not even think in terms of parables yeah. these days but it's a teaching tool yeah and you 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 tied the idea of the metaphor the metaphorical aspects of it the, the symbolic aspects of it but the very ordinary aspects of it yeah you know one of the things I, you know I, I I just very quickly you know 
uh, kind of equated it with a fable, but the, the big difference between a fable and a parable is fables will be fantastical quite often. You know, you think about the tortoise and the hare, and you think about, you know, those sorts of fables. And where they're usually leading towards a moral very, statement. Yes, and they're more allegorical rather than metaphorical, which, I mean, that's... I used to have whole preaching classes. They talk about the difference between allegory and metaphor and all that. So I think that's splitting hairs a little bit. But, 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 but you really dug into the, and I really appreciate this idea of it's the very ordinary, common practices. These are these are situations in which the hearer in that day could have put themselves in that that moment, or they, you know, knew a neighbor or they knew a friend where a very similar story. They can imagine that story happening, and. But but the message is heavenly. Yes. And it's very ordinary, earthy kind of situations, but it's very uh, heavenly in the approach. And, of course, Jesus is not the inventor of the parable. This right. would have been a very – you know, the cutting cutting no, room floor sort of thing. No, but you can see why yeah. Jesus would would uh, would 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 lean heavily on this because it, it was a, it was a brilliant teaching tool, and yeah. and the people that he was trying to reach, he didn't want to. Uh, and this is a good lesson for this is a good lesson for for smart Christians today. Yeah. It's a good lesson good lesson for Presbyterian Christians. We yeah. tend to be higher ed, higher ed, educated, yeah. and that is you need to speak so people can understand you. Yeah. I can't can't tell you I, there's a how many times I've come away from somebody saying that was brilliant. I'm not sure what they said, but, it but sounded, I'm sure it was brilliant. It sounded great. Yeah, yeah. It sounded they, great. Didn't, they didn't catch everything they said, but you know, and and how do you how do you make that happen? You got to break it down in in very inaccessible yeah. ways, and that's that's the brilliance I think of a parable is that it is about farmers and it is about homemakers and it is about yeah. ordinary things of life, and then you just throw alongside of that these spiritual meanings and the and the ordinary things illustrate. Carry the the spiritual truth. Yeah, yeah. You can yeah. see why Jesus would would pick it, particularly when he's when he's speaking. And I loved how you you leaned on this this week. Uh, yeah. the, the the prostitutes and tax collectors. Yeah. You know these are the these are the outcasts and these yeah. are the the the, um, the the sort of the marginalized of society and they were not the cream of the crop and they would tend you would tend to think of them as not being educated and yeah. yet he delivers a message to them as deep deep truth, but he does it with family in this case yeah and, and he's and workers and he's trying to press the buttons right i mean he's really trying to press the buttons of the religious leaders yeah yeah in this case it was he's got an audience around he's yeah. that is listening to it and he's trying to he he's poking the bear well and, and the thing that really jumps off the page with me with this and again you you mentioned this one of the things that's incredible for me is the how brief many of the parables are i mean very few of the parables are more than four or five six verses i mean we're talking about really yeah. tight those kingdom parables are like two verses or three verses which yeah. we're going to talk about in a couple of weeks we're yeah. going to and then you know i was i was looking ahead a couple of weeks to the to the some of the matthew kingdom parables and and they start again the kingdom again again the kingdom again the kingdom and you're like wow they're just boom 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 um but but he's really packing us so much into four or five Verses, and I wonder when you look at this, you know, what was the 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 what image in this? I mean, we have two sons, and we have a vineyard, and we have all this. What image in this was really spe- what spoke to you, just with a, in a profound, especially profound way? Well, I do, and I'm glad you brought it up a minute ago, and and we both we both put brought uh, brought this out in our messages here is that he he really was um, he, he was really speaking. A word against the the Jewish leadership, yeah. Which contextually, he's in Jerusalem, 
he knows what's coming. It's since the mountain of transfiguration, you know, he goes up that mountain to pray and he comes down that mountain resolute with his face set toward Jerusalem to die. Yeah. And now he's entered into Jerusalem. He's in Jerusalem. He knows what's coming. At the this time point. has come. Yeah. The time has, has come. And yet here he is poking the bear. Yeah. And so you, you have him wanting something for, um, and I maybe didn't emphasize this like I, I'm even thinking it now in in the message that he's wanting something of these Jewish leaders, yeah, and that is for them to see themselves well, to mm. see themselves like that mm. second son, and not and and not like the first, uh, not like the first son. So that that stands out to me, and I know, I mean, I really appreciated that. I mean, you you were referencing the earlier. Uh, passage in Matthew where he calls them a brood of vipers. Well, John the Baptist, yeah, John it, the Baptist looks at them and. And the funny thing I didn't talk about when I was thinking, when I was referencing the Matthew 3, the, the actual, it's funny because you see these through lines, you know, this this idea where, you know, they're challenging, the religious authorities are challenging Jesus' authority. And Jesus pushes back, we both talked about this, uh, Jesus pushes back by pointing to John the Baptist. And then he references John the Baptist in the parable. Yeah. And so for me, it was really important to give that backstory get to give the backstory so what what was that message you know what was what was it that was so and when i go back to that what what what's the message of john the baptist which i know is that repent for the kingdom of god is at hand the kingdom of heaven is at hand but then when he's talking to the when he's talking directly to the religious leaders he says bear fruit in keeping with repentance so this idea of change for me was really yeah um, important and profound because that was the message of John. That was the message of Jesus. And this is what happens in the parable. The two sons are given this opportunity. One son changes his mind. Actually, and what's interesting is both sons change their minds, one in the proper direction and one in the opposite direction. And then Jesus calls the the, fair, the religious leaders for not changing their minds. I just thought that was uh, that whole idea, especially as he began with this question and we both got this, well, what do you think? Yeah. What's your mind tell you? Yeah. And he, he presents that in such a, in such a, a powerful way. There's something too about that. Uh, and I didn't talk about this just, just as we talk about it now, there's something about the, the, the way that Jesus is being, he, he's being directly challenged. We both, we both talked about that the context of this was yeah. he's being directly challenged. Who do you think you are? We, yeah. funny, funny, I wrote We actually down, use the same language. We, yeah. ex- we use the exact same line. Where yeah. Basically what they're saying to Jesus is who do you think that you, that you are? And, and, um, you know, I, I, and Jesus' response was to not answer them. Not even answer it. He just said he he, he shifts over to say, "Tell me about John the Baptist. Tell yeah. me what you think about John the Baptist." And which, which, I, on the one hand, I think is very instructive for yeah. us is that somebody might come out who is not a believer and say, "You know, what makes you think that I should I should agree with what you're having to say?" Well, and they would challenge us, mm-hmm. and then it's just the idea that his his teaching style was to say, "Let me tell you a story." Yeah. I think that's very instructive for us, mm-hmm. and and I hope that we can unpack that in these weeks ahead. Is say, you know, that it's the parable itself, the fact that we're storytellers, and let the stories themselves um, mm-hmm. change the heart. Because we love stories, and we get stories. What but. I love how you're even even as you're saying that, you know, I'm thinking, wow, it is it the parables at the content of the parables is, is very instructive with the context which. But but also the the style is instructive. Yeah, the, the concept of a parable, the concept yeah. in a parable, is, 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 but the concept of a parable to to use a parable as a mm. teaching tool. The methodology of how to 
how to, that and and that's that I love that that point you're just making there about that and I hadn't I hadn't thought about that approaching this message but it makes a huge difference when we look at parables because it it gives you another la- layer to look at and say well what's that's why those that's why I think some people when they approach parables or whatever they don't they don't deal with the context right they don't deal with the stuff that and that's I think is is a mistake because then you see that there's this whole other layer because if you just took this two sons parable out and just put it down there yeah there's something you could get but it to know who jesus is talking to to know what he's just been facing to know what he's just done to know where he's going like you said from the transfiguration to the cross and he's in this this point where he's 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 almost there he knows and he knows what's coming it's hugely instructive and 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 helpful for us to say well this is he's not getting defensive he's not getting um he's not trying to just answer their questions He's getting them to think about it themselves. Yeah. So as like, like you just said just now, so they could see themselves well. One of the things that I really appreciated about yours, and I found myself as I'm preparing it, uh, and even as I reflected on in between delivering this in multiple, because we do on Thursdays and then on to Sundays, is that is that um, I, I did not spend as much time unpacking and I, the 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 concept of righteousness that's being brought up in this. Mm-hmm. You know, John preached about this righteousness. Why didn't you listen to him? Mm-hmm. Even though the tax collectors and the prostitutes were were getting it, and you you didn't. But I really appreciate that you developed this concept of of, of righteousness because that's what he was calling them uh, to change their minds about. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. uh, and they missed it. Cause what what were your when you when you came to that idea? Because you you definitely went back to the earlier passages in Matthew. What was on your mind? Yeah, you know what 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 gets me whenever you start talking about John the Baptist is especially as you start to think about it in reference to a lot of the the and I'll use air quotes here the gospel preaching that we get that we see in other churches, which really is it's a lot of. Um, you know, you've got the prosperity gospel on one side. You've got the you're okay, I'm okay, let's all be okay together on the other side. And neither one of those is really gospel, but they're incredibly popular. But John the Baptist was incredibly popular while being an absolute in-your-face uh, street preacher, uh, looking like a crazy person. I mean, we, we would I, – I started thinking about well, if I saw a dude like John the Baptist today – what would my response be? Oh, well, it'd be a heck of a lot closer to what the Pharisees and Sadducees and the religious le- leaders are doing. But who is attracted to John the Baptist out in the wilderness in this arid place? He's showing them the way to righteousness, right? And 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 it's the people who know they're not righteous, right? Who know they're not righteous that go out to see him and respond favorably. You know what what he was doing was giving them hope. Yeah, that they could be righteous. Yeah, and in a system that had that had developed at the at the time, they didn't feel that. They yeah. did not feel that they had that hope, and suddenly they have that hope. And that I think is what Jesus really got was really hammering on them the the Jewish leadership about is that you know they're kind of keeping them down without yeah. that hope. Yeah, and yet you see their lives being transformed because of the hope, and yet you will you're just digging in your heels. You won't. You won't allow it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, it's it's interesting. And this is something I didn't get into. It's a, this is one of those. What what could you what would, could you do more? Talking about the systems. You know what, you know what sort of systems were in place. 
you know, today, one of the things that we try to do is try to br- help people have hope. You know, the, our, our, ho- our goal is to give people the hope of Jesus Christ. So if they're in a, if they're in a, a situation where, where, you know, they're, they're heavily addicted to drugs or alcohol, they're, they're, they've, they've demolished every relationship they've ever been in, um, they're in financial straits because of their own fault, as, as leaders – and when when we're doing our best work, we're reaching out to those folks and saying, "There's hope for you in Jesus Christ." And I wonder, you know, look back and say, "Well, the Jewish system didn't really equate for that, right?" You know, a prostitute was a prostitute and deserved stoning at worst and ostracized, you know, being ostracized at, at best. Um, a tax collector. Was, was it the worst of the worst? Was the worst of the worst? And it, it, interesting, and I, I just really barely, yeah. barely briefly, who's writing this story is Matthew, who's been at that point yeah. for Matthew to write about tax collectors I, and the, how despised they are, and 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 what a dramatic change can come over a tax collector. Oh. Yeah, that's that's a good point. And one of the things that you did, which I really thought was just super powerful, I wonder if you talk about it a little bit more. Is, and you just mentioned the first Peter, but you, you were. You honed in on that royal priesthood thing that that this oh yeah yeah the the concept of priesthood the concept of priesthood it applies to every follower of Jesus Christ yeah. and then tying that to this story where the religious leaders the priests the chief priests literally are the ones that are in the crosshairs in Matthew twenty one um, I wonder if you talk a little bit about that 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 connection point that you're making there yeah. and how that applies really in, so in light of this. Because I have to tell you that my, my initial takeaway is that so th- because the Jewish lead- the leadership of the day um, missed it and Jesus was challenging them, the, the, the next – the application of this is going to be to the leadership of today. Yeah. So it's going to be to the elders and to the to the pastors of the church today. Don't you miss what, what he's doing. And But, I, but I, as I thought about that, I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is much bigger. Well, this is way bigger. Yeah, yeah. No, there's. It's the, the. Yes, it is true that the pastors and the elders. I. I don't want to miss. And I do think about that. And I said it in the sermon too. I do think about the fact that. And, and often it's a. It's an. It's not an infrequent prayer. Lord, don't mi- lo- let me miss. Yeah. Something that you are doing in front of my very eyes. Yeah. Because it's apparently. I mean, clearly that that happens in this in, yeah. this, uh, in this setting here. But it's, it's it's not just for the Jewish leaders, and so I wanted to establish the idea that look, this, this because there's the priesthood of all believers, the hallmark of Protestantism, mm-hmm. one of the hallmarks of our Protestant tradition. Because that is so, this same message that would be transferred to the Christian leaders, the pastors, and the elders today belongs to every single yeah. believer. And and what and what is that message? Is that they they clearly missed the fact that that God was doing a new thing in their midst. We can't miss that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's a powerful image too because in the Jewish tradition, there's such a hierarchy of leadership, right? And and oh, the, the flattening out of the of, yeah. uh, of the uh, of the of the leadership. Yeah, and it's not that the leadership. It, it goes exist. away. Yeah. It's that it's broadened, and that everybody and, and we we had a sermon series last year that talked about this whole idea that everyone has a part to play, everyone has a position of of authority and leadership. But it's just when you apply that to this specific, especially this specific uh, parable, it really does hit home. And 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 you and I both landed in the in the same place. Now I'm gonna just truth be told to everybody so we both talked about this third son concept now i'm gonna give credit where credit's due you and i had talked about this between thursday and sunday now right. we didn't talk about the totality of the message right. we gave broad right. strokes but but you talked about this concept of the third son and i 
totally said, well, I'm stealing that. Yeah. That's a, such a great image of you got these the two sons that, that share a, a common father and a common work. One says yes, one says no. One ter- changes his mind and does the work of the Lord, and the other changes his mind and doesn't do the work of the Lord. And yet you got this third son who said the right things and did the right things, and then on behalf of all people, uh, gave up his perfect, mm-hmm. sinless life for sinners like us, so that we could follow him. And 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 I so uh, that to me was the the tie that really, and I think for both of us, the tie that really brought this yeah. this message together. What was and I suspect that part of the reason why that resonated so well with you is that you and especially having now that we're unpacking this together right now, is that we both saw the same thing. And that while Jesus is using the parable as an instruction for, uh, you know, again against the Jewish leadership, an instruction for everybody who would listen, the reality is what was that neither one of those sons were to be emulated in, in totality yeah. because both sons did not have as an initial response to the request of the father obedience. Yeah, that was not the the initial instinct of either one of them. The first mm-hmm. son said, "I won't do it," mm-hmm. so that was. Pretty clear. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it. But the second son, uh, at least in my telling of that, was the second son said, "I will do it," but didn't have any intention to it. You yeah. said it as a, uh, as um, lying. I said it as deceitfulness. The yeah. Same. We had same. Came to the same yeah. conclusion that he was lying. Yeah. I will do it, but he didn't mean it. Yeah. And uh, so, so if that's the case, then and you know, you, you, what do you do with that? Which which son? And that's what led to the. Oh, wait a minute. Neither one. Neither yeah. one. So we, we really do need to see the the, the greater son yeah. in the story. Yeah. And it's, again, the wonderful thing about the, the uh, a series like this where we're talking about the the stories of Jesus is we get to just hone in not just on the words of Jesus, but how he also plays into and figures into the stories that he's telling, which sometimes we don't often look at. We look at the words that he's saying, but say, wait a minute, he also is playing into yeah. this this concept as well. So we saw that a lot in the um, in the Prodigal God series, which yeah. which was that four or five weeks or so that we did on just one of the, one story, the one parable, which yeah. is the, the parable of the, of the prodigal son. Yeah, and the fact that Jesus was in he, Jesus was in that story, even though he wasn't in that story. Yeah, this was a similar thing that Jesus was in the story and that he was the storyteller, and his very presence, as you just said, uh, affected the hearing of that story. Yeah, yeah, and I think that we'll we'll see that play out throughout this entire series over the next several weeks. And again, if anyone's missed this uh, this particular series, The Parable of the Two Sons, I encourage you to go back to our website or our YouTube page, fpclakeland.org, or search for FPC Lakeland on YouTube or Facebook and check out uh, Whole Service or the just the messages. Um, and uh, if you've missed any one of the podcasts, I uh, encourage you to go back, uh, subscribe anywhere you get podcasts, Apple Music, uh, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, all the links are on our website. And uh, looking forward to this week, John, you're going to be in back, the, in classic. back in the classic service, Rebecca's going to be in Vine. Um, I've I've got uh, the Sunday off. I'm going to be here, but uh, but I won't. I won't be I, preaching. Why do I think you have doctoral work in, in your mind? This week? I've got some doctoral. Work. I'm, I'm rounding rounding the rounding, rounding the final turn, hitting the straightaway. So I'm getting so ready to get that line up ahead. Well, at least for the first draft, and then after that, who knows what happens once you break through that first draft? But uh, it's it, it's exciting time. Glad to have such a great team. But we will be back in the armchairs next week. Rebecca will be with us. John, thanks for hanging out once again. Happy uh, New Year, everybody. Happy New Year, everybody. And uh, we will uh, see you guys all again next time.